Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Two car lengths to deficit. White flag is in the air. One lap to go in the NASCAR Cup Series championship race. It is not over yet. It's down to three, maybe four car lengths. But Larson has got command of this race. Here he comes. Off turn two. A final time for Young Money. And one final shot for Martin Truex Jr. to try to get to the back bumper. Here they come for the final time as Larson leads to three. And here he comes now, absent a year ago. He's back now, and now he is a Cup Series champion in 2021. Kyle Larson across the line. He will win in Phoenix, and Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952 by xfinity xfi internet that's more than just fast xfinity proud premier partner of nascar and by blue emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network blue emu is family owned and manufactured here in america it works fast and you won't stink from the mrn studios in concord north carolina here is your host mike bagley Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you as we have just put a bow on the 2021 NASCAR racing season. Wrapped up the camping world, Xfinity, and Cup Series titles over the weekend in Phoenix. We'll have a fast forum on the show to recap those championship efforts and the championship weekend in Phoenix as Kyle Larson was crowned the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. NASCAR Xfinity Series champion Daniel Hemrick will join us on this week's show. Plus, we'll also hear from NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion Ben Rhodes as well. NASCAR President Steve Phelps addressed the media over the weekend and gave his state of the sport address. We'll have the highlights and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines after championship weekend in Phoenix. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, the engines have barely cooled from this season's championship weekend in Phoenix, and there is already big news concerning the first event of 2022. That event is the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum, an exhibition race that will run for the first time at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in California. The race will be open to 40 NASCAR Cup Series teams, including the 36 charter teams, and will be held over two days. Saturday, February 5th, will feature practice and single-car qualifying. Sunday, February 6th, will begin with four heat races. 
The starting lineup of each of those races determined from Saturday's qualifying session. The top four from each heat will transfer to the 150-lap main event, while everyone else will have to go through two 50-lap last-chance qualifying events that will fill out the 23-car starting field. This will be the first time NASCAR's preseason event is not held in Daytona, and it will be the first time the L.A. Memorial Coliseum has held a NASCAR race, a coliseum that has stood in the heart of Los Angeles since 1923, and will use this NASCAR event to kick off its centennial celebration. And Motor Racing Network will be there live for all the coverage. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Alex Hayden and Woody Kane will join us to discuss Kyle Larson's Cup Series Championship. And later, we'll recap Championship Weekend on the Truck and Xfinity Series side as well. Wayland would like to congratulate Kyle Larson and his number five Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Phoenix Raceway. They are the Wheeland pit crew of the week. Following the race, a joyful Larson praised the crew as the key to victory, resulting in the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Yeah, it was a uh, little bit of an up and down race compared to the you know, four of us. Um, you know, there was moments where I was like, yeah, maybe I got a good enough car to win outright, and then there was times where I was definitely the fourth best car. So, um, you know, definitely a, a team win. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly glad that it took our whole, you know, I mean, it always takes your whole team, but in one race, you know, Cliff, the engineers, making the adjustments on the car to keep us in the game. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. The 2021 NASCAR season is in the rearview mirror, but there's lots to discuss. And joining me on a fast form to do exactly that, Motor Racing Network co-anchor Alex Hayden. Woody Kane is also in the house. Gentlemen, welcome into the show. How are we doing today? Hey, doing Good well. Night. Thanks for having us. Glad to have you here. Let's start with the NASCAR Cup Series at day's end. It was Kyle Larson winning his 10th race of the year on top of an all-star race. 11 race winning tally in total and at the end the 2021 nascar cup series champion alex your thoughts on the day for the five team and what they had to face and recover from to be this year's champion i think more than anything mike this this was a day that proved how nascar cup series racing is a team sport and, and obviously that last pit stop that the pit crew was able to pull off was spectacular but i want to go all the way back to the early laps of the race to to my point about being a team sport cliff daniels pulled kyle larson to pit road because the car just wasn't handling well in the opening few laps so they knew they needed to give up some track position so that to me is a driver with full confidence in his crew chief and say okay i'm more than willing to give up my front of the field run here to to go to the back of the field to get this car to handle a little bit better I, I thought it was spectacular that the trust between Kyle Larson, Cliff Daniels, and, and then obviously the pit crew doing their job. Clearly, Kyle Larson behind the wheel of the race car was able to drive that car anywhere he wanted to. And I thought it was interesting, too, Alex, with qualifying. You mentioned that that Larson getting the pole gave him that preferred pit box. And his team had been fastest all year long making those pit stops. 13.6. Think about that. 
13.6 seconds average to put gas in it and change four tires. That's ridiculous. I mean, even by today's standards, that's fast. And, you know, the qualifying thing we hadn't really done all year, the practice thing we hadn't really done since the summer, and they made it pay off when it counted the most. And I think that's what helped because we saw when Truex was out in the clean air, even though he had a long run car, he was able to get away. But that last caution gave that team you mentioned one more chance to get him out front, and they did. One of the interesting things that I find about the dynamic or the chemistry with Kyle Larson, Cliff Daniels, and that five team is this is basically not necessarily a brand new team, but the dynamic is brand new. Cliff Daniels had never worked with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is coming back from missing most of the season last year, which we'll get into in a moment. But to create chemistry and to create a winning dynamic with not having practice and qualifying, a lot of simulator work, and you're not together as a full unit doing all weekend things together, just the actual race. Alex, I think that speaks to how unique and how special that chemistry is that ultimately won him a title. Uh, absolutely right. And, and I had a chance to visit with Kyle Larson Thursday afternoon. And, and one of the things that just really stood out, he said, I'm not a car guy. I don't know anything about cars. It doesn't matter if it's a, a street car, a NASCAR cup car, a, a sprint car, whatever. He said, I know nothing about cars. My job is to go as fast as I possibly can every single lap and then tell my guys what the car is doing. And half the time what he tells them might not necessarily be the right thing because watching what the car is doing, they can see that it might be tight or loose and they're able to make adjustments from that. Cliff Daniels has gone on to, to many of Kyle Larson's dirt races and hung out with his dirt racing team, Woody, to, to get an idea what they have communication wise. I, I think it was a tremendous effort from top to bottom. Yeah, and, and he didn't just watch those races that Kyle Larson won. He, and by the way, he was winning everything there, too. He listened on their radio to get an idea of how Kyle communicates the language he uses when he's describing the car. And that's just great initiative on the crew chief's part to not say, well, we don't have any of this other stuff. I guess we we'll just have to figure it out. He took the extra step and went to those races to listen to how Kyle communicates because that chemistry is so key. And I think it's such an underrated part of this sport. You know, you hear it all the time in stick and ball sports, but man, it's so underrated in motorsports. And I think Cliff Daniels went the extra mile to make sure he was able to do that with Kyle. And it paid off. I mean, 16 career wins for Kyle and 10 of them came this year. That's huge. Of course, this time a year ago, actually a year ago on Sunday, Kyle Larson was watching and or listening to that race, not being a part of it on the heels of what pulled him from the sport over Easter weekend, was not a part of it. Redemption is a word that's been used. And Woody, you've obviously covered it on NASCAR today. You've covered it in the pre-race show. It is quite the redemption story about how Kyle Larson found his way back to really the highest level of this sport, not necessarily for the series he's in but the ultimate prize he was awarded on sunday as well yeah and he's been open and honest in saying that he thought he might not ever get another opportunity at a cup car again until he got that call from rick hendrick and said come on over here and let's see what we can figure out he watched last year's championship in the hendrick motorsports war room did everything that they needed to do to get them back to that position but i think everybody loves a story like that uh say what you want about kyle's problems and he's owned up to it admitted to it made amends for it done everything he could to try and uh, ameliorate that situation. But to do it the way he did it is just a, a great story. I mean, it's a movie script. I mean, he was down and out, got picked back up, and came all the way back to a championship. It's a, it's a, a movie script. 
You know what, I think this speaks to why in, in today's society, you have to be careful with the cancel culture. Uh, people are going to make mistakes. Some mistakes obviously are far worse than others. Kyle has owned those. And to be able to come back and be a better person and, and actually do things to prove that he's a better person, uh, I think it, it goes a long way. He does a lot of things that the media has no idea that he's doing and a lot of things to try to correct and be a better guy and be a better human being that a lot of people don't know. He's doing it because he knows it's the right thing to do and he's learned from it and has become a different person. And just because of that, I, I think watching Kyle Larson from afar, I think he makes everybody, no matter what race you are, he makes everybody a better person and makes everybody understand that, you know what, you can go through some really difficult times, but if you want to commit to be a better person, you can do it. Been amazing to watch Kyle Larson do what he's done this year, and he is the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. His defense will begin with the 22 Daytona 500 coming up in February. When we come back, we'll continue the Fast Forum. We're going to talk NASCAR Xfinity Series racing and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series racing as well. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live in the middle of a fast forum with Alex Hayden and Woody King. We just got in talking about Kyle Larson and his successes in the NASCAR Cup Series. But there were a couple of other drivers over the weekend that had success. Let's begin in the NASCAR Xfinity Series with an unbelievable race under the lights that found Daniel Hemrick claiming the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. Woody, what did you think about what you saw, what you heard there on Saturday night with Daniel Hemrick finally getting the first win and not only getting his first checkered flag, but a championship trophy sidecar to boot? Yeah, how, how what a great story that is. Uh, it's, it's different from Kyle Larson's, but the guy who had been so close so many times, I think he had 10 runner-up finishes, 120 starts, had not been able to get there. And he even said his crew chief had been asking him all year, how bad do you want it? Well, when everything was on the line, he came through and didn't mind throwing a little sheet metal at Austin Cedric, the defending champ, to get by him and seize that thing by the throat and take the championship. And it was just so cool to see how many people just came up to congratulate him after that race because it's one of those stories where the whole garage was kind of pulling for him. I know there were a lot of Austin Cedric fans out there, Alex, but, man, just the emotion of that moment was special to see. It really was. And to me, I think this championship, I'm not going to say it was won the week before in Martinsville, but I don't know necessarily if he'd had the opportunity in Phoenix to win a championship if he had not been able to on that green-white checker at the end of the race at Martinsville to determine the championship for. If you recall, he had a chance to go to the outside on, a, on the green-white checker restart and maybe get caught up in a wreck and not even be in that position. He thought better of it. He forgave an opportunity to get that first career win fell in line and just gave up a shot to win in order just to advance to the championship four. So I think that was a move that kind of gets overshadowed 
by the way he won this championship, which, you know, we can look at things a lot of different ways. But to this day, the 1979 Daytona 500 finish where Cale Yarbrough, Bobby, and Donnie Allison were fighting down in the grass, we see that clip to this day numerous times. I think the way Daniel Hemrick and Austin Cindric race to the line to win a championship is going to be one of those moments. We're going to see that for years and years to come. Well, in the day and age of all this rambunctiousness that we see on the racetrack, we see a lot of contact. You know, respect has come up this year. Drivers disrespecting this one, that one, or another one. In my opinion, Alex, Daniel gave Austin the textbook bump and run. Very Rusty Wallace, Jeff Gordon-esque. Just move him up the track enough, and then you're banging quarter panels coming to the line. It was a bump and run, not a dump and run. Yeah, absolutely. He did not wreck it. He just, I mean, ever so slightly got into him. And, and I think it's very much worth talking about Austin Cindric. He's a champion. He won it the, the year before. Austin Cindric knew the bump was coming at some point. So he was prepared for it. And and to the to your point, it wasn't a crash. He didn't wreck him. He just gave him a tap and moved him up the racetrack. Austin Cindric was about as classy in defeat as he was as a year-long champion in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And, and I think that goes to the, the respect level for Austin Cindric. I think catches everybody's eye, including the NASCAR Cup Series drivers with whom he's going to race starting in February. Of course, as Alex mentioned, Austin Cindric is off to the NASCAR Cup Series. He's replacing Brad Keselowski in that two car over there at Team Penske. Let's shift gears here, gentlemen. Let's talk the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. What a season it's been over there at night's end. Ben Rhodes of Louisville, Kentucky, the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. Woody, are you surprised that we're celebrating Ben as the champion this year? Maybe a little bit, but he even says, and we'll, we'll hear from him in the, in the show tonight, that he drove those final 40 laps the hardest of any he's driven in his career. Keep in mind, this is a, a big organization at Thorsport, the oldest continuous truck series team, and they now have four championships, three for Matt Crafton, now one for Ben Rhodes, but it was just this time that Thorsport also won the owner's championship. Just this year, Ben Rhodes was able to give them that. Remember, he started off the season like a house of fire, winning the first couple of races and then a long drought, but he didn't have the low lows that some other competitors had enabling him to get into that championship for speaking similarly to what Alex talked about with Daniel Hemrick. He never really faltered in terms of having just those awful days that had marked his career in the past where he would seem so close only to have something happen. Much to the different type of season John Hunter Nemechek had, Woody. John Hunter was the winningest driver, won the regular season championship, but basically from the summer on, after winning Pocono, which was his last win in the summer, John Hunter Nemechek was hot and cold. He was in crashes, he was having mechanical issues. They just weren't getting the job done. And to me, they were not the best team. So to me, I don't think John Hunter not winning the Truck Series Championship was all that big of a surprise. Much like what I've talked about with Daniel Hemrick going back the week before at Martinsville. Think about Ben Rhodes at Martinsville, a championship race to try to get into the, the champ four. He was the one of the only four drivers that, that made it to the championship four, didn't have a scratch on the truck. He wasn't even hardly talked about. He had a plan, go out, execute it, keep the nose clean, keep the tailgate clean, do everything he had to do at Martinsville, and then go get him in Phoenix. And when you look at the way the race played out in Phoenix, Ben Rhodes and that team 
they were top three the entire race. Uh, they were never really going to be a fifth or sixth place truck. They were good from start to finish. Ben Rhodes and that team might have been under the radar, but I don't think it's a surprise that they're champions. Coming up, you'll hear from Ben Rhodes and Daniel Hemrick, your 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and NASCAR Xfinity Series champions. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Thank you for what you've done for the fans, the network over the course of the season. And, of course, we'll look forward to re-racking everything again and doing it all again in 2022. Have a great off-season, and we'll catch up with you soon, guys. Thank you, Mike. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks, guys. And I think we should say uh, uh, Merry Off-Season and Happy Christmas, right? <laughs> that is Woody Kane, Alex Hayden. We mentioned Daniel Hemrick. We mentioned Ben Rhodes. You'll hear from both those drivers coming up. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. White flag is in the air. Here they come, racing back. One more lap in the season. One more lap for a championship. Austin Sendrick running for his life into turn number one. Here comes Hendrick. Hammer, he dials up the low lane. He goes to the bottom. They're banging behind him. It's Sendrick by a nose. Here they come down the back straightaway for the final time. Sendrick is around Hemrick. He'll grab sole possession of the lead. Hemrick is going to drive it in deep. He gets right on the back bumper. Here comes Daniel Hemrick. They bounce off of each other. Checkered flag in the air. Daniel Hemrick wins the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship and the race by a bumper. He and Austin Sindrick bouncing off of one another, coming to the checkered flag. And Daniel Hemrick is the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series Champion. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Saturday evening on the Motor Racing Network. Daniel Hemrick earning his first career win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, his first NASCAR win ever in the most important race of his career, and while winning that first race, becomes a NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. Daniel Hemrick sat down with our Kyle Ricky to discuss his road to becoming a champion in NASCAR. Back here on the Motor Racing Network, able to catch up now with the latest winner in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and it was a win that got him the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. Daniel Hemrick joins us here on the show. Daniel, first off, congratulations. Has it uh, set in here these last 48, 72 hours or so since the race? Oh, Kyle. No, I, first off, thank you, but no, definitely not. It's for sure only things that you can dream of. I don't necessarily think you get scripted any different. Um, like I said, you, you can't can't script this without a doubt, not sunk in. You know, the race went pretty immediately sunk in, but the fact that we won a race with the, on the magnitude and the stage that we did to set ourselves up to win the championship too, that I think will set in a long way down the road, but for sure not yet. And to start the weekend, adversity right from the get-go with issues with the hauler. I mean, what goes through your mind when you hear that the hauler's having issues and this could affect at least the start of your weekend with practice? Honestly, nothing. Um, 
ideal, of course not. Um, but I'll tell you, it was so low on my importance of my frame of mind that um, Dave Rogers didn't even tell me about the night that happened. He, he literally called me 9 a.m. the following morning and said, hey, you need to get some sleep. And, and all of us worrying about it wasn't going to get it here any faster. So, um, you know, you control the thing you can control. That's what I preached. Um, that's what he preached. Um, incredible leader in Dave Rogers and really showed within that moment, I feel like. Um, you know, the guys never wavered. They stayed the course. We had, we had 10 different plans. If it rolls through the gate an hour before practice, we'll do this. If it's 30 minutes or if it's after practice, we don't care. As long as we do figure out a way to get it here before the green flag drops to the race, um, that's all we're worried about. And I think just being confident um, that our race car was prepped like it needed to be, that our Poppy Bank Toyota Super was where we wanted it to be when it left the shop there at Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, many nights before that to get there, um, that we weren't concerned if we got to practice or not. We joked that it probably getting there when it did kept us from screwing it up too bad in practice, um, which was, man, it was just fun to go through that. Uh, I mean, can you think of a more backs against the wall kind of story? Not even from my perspective, but for our race team. That's what uh, that's what championships are made out of. So that's what these guys deserve. I'm glad we got it together. And it came down to the final corner of the final lap. Uh, walk us through it from your seat on that final final lap, final corner pass coming off of turn four to the checkered on Austin. You know, I, I <laughs> wouldn't be doing any justice if I didn't back up to earlier parts of the race. You know, um, I say this, and I think it'll be something that people will then go and look back on, but I actually passed John Hunter uh, for second, coming to end of stage one in the exact same fashion, uh, obviously without contact, but in the exact same idea of what I want to do. Uh, same thing, passing him to win stage two. So I put my car in certain situations at the end of the racetrack at some very key moments at other parts of the race that were all building a notebook um, for if I end up in that situation later in the race. Um, man, it's incredible how it all did come down to a late race restart between myself and Austin. Um, Actually, the exact same restart I had in the spring when I feel like I gave it away was side-by-side -side with the 22 and the exact same lane choice. So, yeah, I just want to make sure that for our team that if we were going to lose this championship and lose to Austin, we were going to do it from the front row. Um, but I think earlier in the race, those scenarios gave me the confidence to do what I needed to do down in turn three. Had to keep in touch with him because his car was super fast on the short run. And uh, we were better in the long runs all day, but Dave Rogers gave me the right adjustment to let me hustle and be aggressive. And, yeah, we were playing with house money. Anybody listening to the radio heard that reference many times. Um, all I was told to do was attack. And it was so fun to be on the offense. So fun to keep the 22 in touch there as we got the white flag and be just close enough to pull off what we pulled off there coming to the line. For those that have followed your, your NASCAR career, a uh, couple of years at Brad Kozlowski Racing in the truck, a couple of years at RCR in the Xfinity Series program, moved up the cup for a year, then, then to, to Junior Motorsports last year for a part-time schedule. A whole lot of second place finishes. Finally got the win here this weekend. But did the, the, the naysayers, did the, the doubters ever get to you these last couple of years, especially last year when you weren't running for a championship, you weren't full time? Not really, man. I got to tell you, you know, and Dave would be proud of my response here is all that's noise, right? And not that he taught me that because that's the way I viewed it way prior to my time here at JGR. But I think learning how to take that noise and use it as a motivator, I think was something that um, Dave Rogers leadership has helped me more with, take me to the next step with, 
within this season. And obviously, it took way too long for that to come to a to a head. But I'm glad it finally did. But you know, that's why I addressed them at the end of the night in one of one or many of the interviews. I made sure I thank the fans, the people that have supported me along the way, and for sure want to make sure the people that have doubted me that I, that I love them just the same. And you know, that's what our sport's made out of. It's made out of uh, people pulling for your hero and your villains, and and um, and everything in between does matter. So it's so fun to now in a roundabout way not no actually you know what not in a roundabout way to 100% silence them to know that I ain't got to ask be asked that stupid question as Dave Rogers would put it again and um, that's fun man that's that is really cool I know um, for me I've enjoyed seeing and reading and, and hearing from everybody else about their stories and how excited they were that makes it all worth it to me um, you know, at the end of the day you want to you want to bring some kind of joy to everybody's life every day and I think our moment that we, the thing we accomplished to the race team this past Saturday night in Phoenix did that for a lot of people, and that's what it's all about to me. Uh, your wife, Kenzie's been there by your side since day one. You were there by her side when she was running in the K&N Pro Series years ago. What did it mean to celebrate with her and daughter, Wren, uh, on Saturday night? Oh, man, that was that was the coolest thing ever. Um, which, by the way, my little girl, Wren, is the MVP of the entire deal. She was out on the front stretch right in her jammies, right out of her, right out of sleep to come and uh, take photos with us. I mean, those are moments that, that, you know, you'll cherish throughout the rest of our life that our families be able to cherish even well after we're gone, right? So, yeah, that was super special. And obviously, Kenzie and I, yeah, we've been to the ringer together from a, from a professional and personal standpoint, obviously with her trying and clawing and, and, and living the grind of, of the sport that we all love. And, and um, she's no less important today in it than, than she was when she was behind the wheel. So it's been fun for us to us to be able to, you know, strive to get to this point together. And then now we're for sure celebrating this moment. Um, there's also to be said about being the last race of the year and being able to do it right. Well, hell, we can celebrate for two or three months here. So we're going to do that. I can promise you. You, you, you put your, your blood, sweat, and tears into this as well as your family, your, your fans, and your friends. And um, as I'm speaking to you, there's a party being set up here behind me in the house and it is going to get rowdy and we will take all of that all those years of of trials and and uh trials tribulations and, and create the joy of the night that we'll remember the rest of our lives thank you kyle huge congratulations to daniel hemrick dave rogers and the entire number 18 poppy bank jgr team coming up nascar camping world truck series champion ben rhodes will join us And later, we'll highlight the State of the Sport Address given over the weekend by NASCAR President Steve Phelps. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Final time, unchallenged. Ben Rhodes for the title to the back straightaway, unchallenged, back to three. Off turn number four, checkered flag in the air. Chandler Smith will win the Lucas Oil 150. Chandler Smith will win the 2021 Rookie of the Year. Off turn four, checkered flag in the air. The 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion from Louisville, Kentucky. Ben Rhodes picks up the championship. He is, for the first time in his career, 
Jr., a champion in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Friday night on the Motor Racing Network under the lights at Phoenix Raceway. Ben Rhodes, crowned 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion, and our Woody Kane had a chance to sit down with Ben as he enjoys life now as a NASCAR champion. We're joined now by the 2021 Camping World Truck Series champion, Ben Rhodes. And I see that still makes a smile come <laughs> onto your face, and it will for quite some time. He drives the number 99 Toyota Tundras for Thor Sport Racing. And Ben, you started off this season like gangbusters, man, winning the first couple right out of the gate and then did what you had to do to get that championship. But that's kind of the system we operate under now, right? Well, it's just, it is so hard to make it to the championship for Woody. Like, I, this is my first time ever doing it. I could never get there. Like, you have to race really smart nowadays. And not saying that you didn't have to before. I mean, that's what cha- being a champion is all about, is you have to race smart all season long. And um, it's just really difficult. And you have a lot more that you have to leave to chance at times in the playoff format because, well... There's a lot out of your control, and there's only a few races that, that you know, dictate your whole season. So um, you have to really be on it when it matters, and you have to um, have a little bit of luck on your side, but also have to be just really, really consistent, just like the old style format. You know, it's 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 um, creates moments of excitement, <laughs> but you still have to operate with a championship mindset. You said after the race that that might have been uh, the hardest you've driven the final 40 laps. Why and how did it get to that position? I mean, you knew kind of in your head, I guess, and the team was telling you the math and where you needed to be and all that. But tell me why that was such a challenging final 40. Well, so Zane Smith just drove past me uh, for the final stage. And he he was the one truck that was in front of me that I really didn't need. I mean, he was the truck that had to race for the champion driver's championship and owner's championship. So if the 38 was in front of me, that would have been just the owner's championship. And I would have said, okay, really don't like this but at least I got something. <laughs> I'm behind Zane and I got nothing. So It's like the old game show. We have a lovely parting gift for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on. You got to be kidding me. We were we led the whole race ahead of the other championship drivers. You know, I didn't lead any laps at the race, but I, led, I was in front of the other championship drivers the whole time, running in the top five the whole race. And all of a sudden, when it matters most, I got this guy driving past me. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Where did this come from? So, lo and behold, he's driving away off into the sunset, and I'm um, I'm just not having it. I was not happy. I wasn't. Um, I just didn't want to finish second. So I drove as hard as I could. I don't know if it mattered a whole lot. You know, flat ten to thirty. Uh, it may not have mattered at all. But I was sideways coming off the corners. I was driving in deeper than the truck should have gone. <laughs> and, uh, it, the truck wasn't happy with me. Let's put it that way. The, the engine wasn't happy. The gear, the transmission wasn't happy. The tires weren't happy. Uh, the truck really did not like me, but I was whipping it and making it go really, really hard. And by the end of the race, when I thought I had nothing left in the tank, everybody else started slowing down. They, they had nothing left in the tank either, which was kind of cool for me, right? Like, I think I have nothing for anybody and they were driving just as hard as me and you know here they come they're falling back and and the lappers are playing a factor for me now the lap traffic was helping out they were catching lap traffic the time they were taking to try to get around them allowed me to close in on them and i was able to navigate the lap traffic a little better and get through them and and it closed up that that gap so man there was a lot going on in a short amount of time and it was stressful 
drove really, really hard, but at the end of the day, whew, it's definitely worth it, but I did not want to finish second. Well, let's look ahead right now. That's always, uh, you know, a what's next society. Are you all set for 2022? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I, I hope to be back at Northport Racing next year um, with the same crew. Uh, so long as Duke and Ronda will have me, I want to be racing there. Uh, I love the race team. I love all the people. And, you know, this is funny because this this group of people that I have on my race team was put together um, pretty late because we were kind of setting the rosters for some of the other teams first. And, um we, we always joke about we were the you know we were the the last team that was put in place and we won the first race and it was it's like we got to do everything last minute now so uh, we love it and I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else they've been so good to me and I love the people I'm with they're just all friends for life thank you Woody coming up NASCAR president Steve Phelps on the state of the sport and later this week in NASCAR history NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR President Steve Phelps addressed members of the media Friday afternoon at Phoenix Raceway with his annual State of the Sport address. Here are some of the highlights from what we heard ahead of the championship weekend festivities. One of the major topics entering the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season was the sweeping amount of change made to the series schedule. NASCAR added more road courses in Circuit of the Americas and Road America, put a layer of dirt on the surface at Bristol, shifted from the traditional oval at Indianapolis to the road course, all while swapping out mainstays in Chicagoland and Kansas in favor of a return to Nashville. After a season dubbed the best season ever, how did NASCAR President Steve Phelps feel about how the schedule changes transformed the Cup Series? I think the schedule variation is critical um, for the success of the sport. Um, I think you saw really strong results from schedule variation, whether you're talking about CODA, um, you're talking about Road America, you're talking about even format changes like Bristol Dirt, right? Um, which might as well have been a, a new venue. Um, and so Ben Kennedy and the team put together the most aggressive schedule we've had in 50 years. I think it worked. If you look at attendance, it was fantastic at all of the new venues. Um, I thought the racing was really good at all the new venues. Um, and as we look to the schedule in 2022, going to the LA Coliseum to kick off um, our debut with our next-gen car um, as a proof point, frankly, to hey, we can do things, we're going to be bold in, in what we're doing, whether it's the schedule or the car, um, all of it. it. We're going to take calculated risks. 
Um, so, but to answer your question, I thought the schedule variation was very important. One of the biggest topics of the offseason, if not the topic of the offseason, will be NASCAR's unveiling of the next-gen car in February as NASCAR 2022 begins in Los Angeles at the L.A. Coliseum for the Clash. A hot topic throughout the 2021 campaign, the next-gen car has been met with a mix of skepticism and optimism. Phelps believes that NASCAR has been diligent in listening to driver input ahead of the upcoming changes. We went through a, a stretch in the summer um, where the drivers felt that they didn't know enough about the safety of the next-gen car um, and were vocal about it. Um, what I can say is we had repeatedly met with the drivers to try to alleviate their concerns about safety. With that said, they weren't in a good spot. And so we just kept meeting with them and making, making um, different um, opinions and experts available to them, um, specifically around the, the test that we did down in Daytona. And I think the drivers are satisfied with the answers that they heard. So I would say as we looked at, you know, kind of June, July, early August, I think that's probably a fair statement that the drivers and the sanctioning body were not on the same page. Um, but I think right now, I, I believe the drivers are, you know, feel good about the direction of the next gen car, um, both from a drivability standpoint, since they most of them have the opportunity to drive it now, uh, and from a safety perspective. So I would, I would say that, um, we endeavor to make sure that our drivers understand where we're going, what's the vision of the sport, what's the direction we're going in, what role they play. And I think there are, um, although there isn't a driver council per se, um, you know, we've had, I think, three all-driver meetings. We speak with drivers all the time. You know, I speak with drivers myself. If they have concerns, um, I want to address them. Um, and, and I know the entire NASCAR team feels the same way. The Cup Series garage will sport a different look next year as ownership of numerous team charters has changed hands over the past few months. Chip Ganassi Racing announced earlier this year that it will cease operations while teams like Trackhouse, 2311, and Colleague Racing continue to grow. Phelps discussed the changes to the makeup of the garage for 2022. That's what the sport has always been about, right? You have drivers, drivers come and go, owners come and go. Um, I'm excited about where we're going. You know, I had a conversation with Justin Marks the other day, um, who, as of Monday or Tuesday, will um, take over Chip Ganassi Racing. And he, he has an energy and excitement level for the sport that I think is important. Um, he's going to look at things differently. He's going to promote the sport. He talked about being a steward of the sport. That's in incredibly encouraging for us um, at the league level to have an owner like that saying, hey, I want to do what's in the best interest of the sport because that's what we're trying to do. Um, so the makeup is going to continue to change. Um, if you look at the Cup Series, you've got a colleague that's, that's coming up and you've got, um, you've got Justin with two, uh, two charters that he has bought. Um, it's going to continue to change. Lots of other things that are um, rumored to be happening with additional changes. I think it's good for our sport. I really do. I think it's healthy to infuse it, not just with new fans, but new ownership, um, new brands that are coming to the sport. We're seeing all of those things. 
The past two championship weekends have taken place in Phoenix after 18 seasons of the NASCAR campaign ending at Homestead, Miami. Phoenix remains the home of championship weekend in 2022, but Phelps was asked whether NASCAR would eventually consider another venue for the championship race. And I know there's been a lot of conversation over the years about doing that. Um, I think the move from Miami to here was an important one after 20 years. Um, and I think thus far it's worked out very well. Um, the community here is, is, has embraced us. I think you see that. Um, you know, the question to me is really more about the competition, right? So we've been embraced by this community. Would it be embraced by other communities? I'd, su I'd suggest we probably would be. So what is the best place to, to host your championship? Are we open to rotation? Yeah, we'd be open to rotation. Um, I would say that every single option out there we look at. Um, and I think you've seen that over the last 18 months that we are going to not be afraid to maximize the opportunity to create the best racing that we can in the best market we can and at the best racetracks that we can. That is the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps, as he spoke with the media over the weekend at Phoenix Raceway. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, another edition of This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's that time of the week again, my friends. Time to get caught up on the matters of this week in NASCAR history. Susie Armstrong is back. Susie? Thanks, Mike. 1996. Scary, sporty, baby, ginger, and posh released the Spice Girls' debut album, Spice. Seasoned with hits to become one, say you'll be there, and wanna be. The king of pop ties the knot as Michael Jackson and Debbie Rowe say their vows in Sydney, Australia. Democrat presidential incumbent Bill Clinton wins re-election. And Bobby Labonte was the clear favorite in Georgia leading 147 of 185 laps to win the Napa 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Bobby Labonte slowed by some lap traffic in front of him, but Dale Jarrett will not have enough time to catch him, and it will be a Labonte family day in Atlanta. Bobby Labonte wins the Napa 500. Three car lengths over Dale Jarrett. Here comes Terry Labonte off turn number four. He will finish fifth in the race, and Terry Labonte is the 1996 NASCAR Winston Cup Series champion by 37 points over Jeff Gordon. Quality, quality. 2003, Beyonce and Sean Paul pair up to produce pop sensation mega hit, Baby Boy. Hollywood mourns the loss of funny man John Ritter as a Three's Company and Eight Simple Rules star passes away. Keanu Reeves wakes up in a subway station as the third installment of the sci-fi series The Matrix Revolutions rolls out in theaters. And awesome Bill Elliott rocked it straight to victory lane for the final time in his career, winning the Pop Secret 400 at North Carolina Speedway. A popular win when a red Chevrolet went to victory lane last week. This week it's going to be a red Dodge. Bill Elliott safely off four. I told you there were a number of drivers who wanted to win a race before this year was over. Bill Elliott was one of them. He's done it here today at the North Carolina Speedway, winning the Pop Secret Microwave Popcorn 400.
2013, teen idol Miley Cyrus was singing and swinging from the ceiling with chart topper Wrecking Ball. Jennifer Lawrence headlined The Hunger Games Catching Fire as the second installment of the sci-fi franchise stayed hot at the box office. Following a year of separation, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher announced a marital split. And Kevin Harvick nabbed his fourth victory of nine starts in the desert, winning the Advocare 500 at Phoenix Raceway. been a fuel pickup problem for Carl Edwards as we heard his motor sputter through turns three and four. Kevin Harvick has passed him. Kevin Harvick will lead the field off turn four. Carl Edwards is out of fuel and Kevin Harvick is going to victory lane here at Phoenix International Raceway. He has won the AdvoCare 500. Casey Kane comes home second. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd also like to thank Daniel Hemrick, your 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion, for joining us. Our thanks to Ben Rose, your 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. Our thanks to all of you for listening out there. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, what a year it's been, and we're so happy that you've been along for the ride. We'll continue through the offseason here on the air and at MRN.com. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.